0: So, last week we began this four part series on the liturgy. Why do we do this? Because as we were reading again and studying and praying, we came across uh, one of the lines from the Second Vatican Council that the liturgy, especially the Most Holy Mass, is the source and the summit of the Christian life. That's, That's a pretty big statement. It's the source, it's the font the church says from which the life of the church flows and it is the summit to which all her action is directed. And so if it's the source and the summit of the Christian life, I'd say it's relatively important, right? we we maybe figured out a little bit. So we, we wanted to dive back in and to understand more and to begin just to, to speak about that. Last week, the homily focused on that being the source and the summit. That when we celebrate Mass our redemption is accomplished. Also a crazy statement. When we celebrate mass, our redemption is accomplished. How, why? Because Jesus connected the Paschal mystery, his giving of his life for us, his resurrection, his ascension to a liturgy, and called us through that to participate in this, that literally we get to participate in the salvation of the world by uniting ourselves to Jesus' offering in the Mass. And then it is a renewing of our covenant with God. And so today and next Sunday, we're going to get a little bit more practical about just scratching the surface of why we do what we do at Mass. Today the focus is on the beginning of Mass and the liturgy of the Word. So just think about it. When when we start the entrance procession, what happens? Everybody stands up. You might think, okay, well, why do you stand up? Well, because it's polite, right? You know, just everybody stand up. No. If you go back to the Old Testament, when Moses would be going to the tent of meeting where the tabernacle was, where God would come, his presence would come and dwell there, and Moses would go to speak to him, it says face to face. It says, when Moses would be going to the tent of meeting, all the Israelites came to the entrances of their tents and they stood. And they faced the meeting tent because they were preparing themselves for the Lord to come and to speak. And so that's what we do at the beginning of Mass as as the priests and the folks in the procession are are coming to the sanctuary. Everyone stands in, in, in fulfillment, really, of what the Israelites were doing when the Lord would come and make His dwelling in the tent of meeting And then we begin with something that, as Catholics, we do all the time. We make the sign of the cross. It's just kind of second nature for Catholics. But think of it. We're beginning this service by signing ourselves with the very act that saved us. The sign of our redemption. And we do it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 124 says, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. What does that mean? Our help is in the name of the Lord. Why doesn't it just say, our help is in the Lord who made heaven and earth? Because when you invoke someone's name in Scripture, especially God's name, you invoke His presence and His power. To say God's name in Scripture is to invoke His presence and his power this is why one of the ten commandments is you shall not take the, the name of your Lord in vain because when we say his name God shows up in his presence and in his power so anytime we're making the sign of the cross we are invoking the Lord like Lord come come be present to me and come with your power and then after we have that then we say something again. We say oftentimes in the Mass, the Lord be with you. Why do we say that? It's a scriptural blessing. Anytime God was calling someone to go on a mission that was beyond their human capability, he would always say, I will be with you. If it was an angel who would be coming or maybe one of the prophets who would be speaking to someone else would say, the Lord be with you. St. Paul would say that in the scriptures as he would go to start these new churches and to preach to them. So at the beginning of the Mass, the priest says, the Lord be with you. Why? Because we're coming to what? Participate in the redemption of the world. Guess what? You can't do that. I can't do that on our own. We need God's presence. And then you respond back and with your spirit. We actually do that four times in Mass. At the beginning, knowing we need God's power and presence to help us begin to enter into Mass. We do that also at the beginning of the Gospel because I need the Holy Spirit literally to inspire me to understand and to hear what He's speaking. We do that at the beginning of the Liturgy of the Eucharist again because I cannot enter into such a mystery without God's presence and His power and His grace. And then we also do it at the end of Mass, why? Because your faith is not supposed to stay here. You are missionaries in this world, all of us. that we are supposed to go and to proclaim Jesus by how we live and with our words. And again, we cannot do it without him. And so then we have, after that, the penitential rite. Our favorite part, right? Where we call to mind our sins. Why do we do it? Some people think, okay, well, this is just time to, like, pause, like, okay. Literally, we're supposed to call to mind our sins. When God would call his people to worship in the scriptures, he would tell them, prepare yourselves. Purify yourselves for worship. That's what we're doing. Lord, we come as sinners. It it is a fundamental thing that we recognize. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of your mercy. And I actually reflect on the, the sins that I've committed. And then we say three times, right? have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, where does that come from? In the scriptures when someone was seeking Jesus and seeking his mercy and his healing, that's what they would cry out, specifically we can remember the blind beggar on the side of the street, that's us. We're the blind beggar. Lord, you've invited us to hear your word. You have invited us to participate in holy communion with you. You have invited us to participate in the sanctification of the world. I'm a blind sinner and a beggar. I have nothing. So Lord, have mercy. And we cry out to him. And it's really cool. Right after Lord, have mercy, what do we sing? The Gloria, right? And probably I'd say 90% of us are like, okay, are we singing that again? Like, really? Why are we singing it again? We sang it last week and every single week. Why do we sing it every week? It's because right after we have said, Lord, I'm a sinner, we sing the song of the angels. The Gloria literally comes from the angels who were singing when Christ was born to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest. Why? Because our Savior that we have longed for has come. So after this fundamental recognition, Lord, I'm in need of your mercy, we give glory because God never withholds his mercy from us. And so we sing the song of the angels proclaiming that our Savior has come and he's coming again today to set us free. Then we pray the opening prayer and technically that opening prayer is called the collect. Why? Because the priest says, let us pray. There should be a pause, and then we all call to mind the specific intention that we have at Mass. First and foremost, to offer myself in union with Jesus, and then secondly, what is my intention for this this specific Mass? Am I praying for my grandmother? Am I praying for myself? Hopefully, throughout these weeks, we're praying for the recovery of those who have been affected by Hurricane Harvey, and we bring them to the Eucharist. And then the priest prays the collect. It's literally, he's like collecting the prayers of the whole community and offering them to the Father. Then, a really cool thing happens. Somebody walks up here and reads the Word of God. Okay. Somebody comes up here, right here, and, and, they, and they read the Word of God. This is not just a story about God. This is literally God's word, God's speech. The church tells us this. When the sacred scriptures are read in the church, God himself speaks to his people. And Christ, present in his word, proclaims the gospel. Where is the Lord? Why doesn't he speak? Why don't we listen? He speaks. And the lector or the priest or the deacon, whoever it is, they are supposed to be like John the Baptist. What was John the Baptist's job? To give voice to the Word made flesh. The Word of Jesus existed. Jesus is the Word made flesh, but we do not hear it until it has a voice. And so the lector comes like, this is the eternal Word of God. And in mass, someone comes to give it a voice. And this Word exists before the voice is spoken, within whoever is reading it but then and now you you hear it the voice goes away but the word remains it's pretty cool right it's like john the baptist he must increase and i must decrease that's that's what the lector's job is to do then saint jerome was an early saint of the church he translated the bible from hebrew and greek into latin and he says this about the word of god he says, when we approach the Eucharistic mystery, so when we approach the Holy Eucharist, if a crumb falls to the ground, we are troubled. Why? Because it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So it falls to the ground like, oh no, like the Lord. He says, yet when we are listening to the word of God, and when God's word and Christ the flesh and blood are being poured into our ears, yet we pay no heed, what great peril should we feel think of that we may be attentive to the most holy eucharist hopefully we're attentive and reverent to the holy eucharist but when the word is being read at mass are our are, are we so attentive that like we don't want one morsel one word to fall to fall from our ears that we hear it and perceive it all what normally happens right when we're when someone's reading maybe we're distracted. Sometimes we're going, okay, well, I wonder what Father's going to say about that. How's he going to explain that? I admit, many times, myself, I'm thinking about thinking my about Muhammad. I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this and make sure of that. But we're missing the power of the Word of God to change things, to change us. About a month ago, we were celebrating Mass with, with some of our student leaders and it just so happened, the Lord gave me a grace. He's like, hey, because we were t- I was talking about this, so he's like, pay attention to the readings, okay? So I'm paying attention. And the Lord just pierces my heart. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. He just pierces my heart with one line from the second reading of the scriptures. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I thought, how beautiful. If I wouldn't have been paying attention, I would have missed it. And the Lord continues to speak. And what do we have in the, the lectionary? We read a three-year cycle of the Bible. So if you come to Mass for three years, you're going to hear most of the Bible. Especially if you're coming to daily Mass, there's a two-year cycle there. That we're reading the entire scriptures. And in the liturgical year, we go through the whole of salvation history, the whole story of Jesus. Why? Because we need to hear it over and over and over and over and over and over again. In Advent, we are like the people in the Old Testament longing for the coming of the Messiah. In Christmas time, we read those scriptures because we're proclaiming, He has come, the Savior has come, He's alive, Emmanuel. In Lent, we are journeying with Jesus as He fasts and prays for 40 days in the desert, preparing for Holy Week. And in Holy Week, we are laser focused on the suffering and the passion of Christ. And then in the Easter season, we're journeying for 50 days, understanding the great resurrection through Pentecost, the birth of the church. And then in ordinary time, we're reading the day-to-day life and ministry of Jesus. And then in Advent, we start all over again, feeding at the table, the table of the Word of God. And this liturgy of the Word it's meant to prepare us for the liturgy of the Eucharist. We see this in the road to Emmaus. The two disciples are walking away from Jerusalem because they're afraid and scared, like Jesus was crucified, what's gonna happen? They're walking, they don't know what's going. Jesus walks up beside them, we know the story. He says, where are you going? Like, you don't know what happened? Know what happened. We thought this guy, Jesus, was the Messiah. They killed him. What's going on? And then Jesus begins to break open the scriptures for them. And what do they say to him? Lord, where are you going? Stay with us. Stay with us. And then he celebrated mass with them. And they said afterwards, were our hearts not burning? When he explained the scriptures to us. When we read the word of God, especially in the liturgy, it is meant to evoke a burning in our hearts and a hunger for the Eucharist to say with those disciples, stay with us, Lord. And Jesus is like, sure. I'm going to come so close that I'm going to allow you to consume me. So next week, uh, Father Reuben and I are going to speak more about the liturgy of the Eucharist and the biblical foundations of the liturgy of the Eucharist. And then in the fourth week, we're going to kind of sum everything up and help us to to enter more deeply into this. So hopefully, um, I didn't say anything new to you. Hopefully it's just a renewal and a reminder. Hopefully it, it makes you hungry to learn more about this great gift and this great sacrament that we celebrate every single week and truly every single day that our hearts may be burning that the Word of God spoken to us would make us hungry for the Eucharist, which is the source and the summit of the Christian life. Because here, our redemption is accomplished, and we, the people of God, participate with Him in the sanctification and the salvation of the world.